All right, welcome to another edition of Wednesday Warehouse. I'm here with Jordan Driggers. My name's Harry, and we're just going to throw down a quick one. Jen is returning from Washington, where she was covering the Ledge Conference, so she'll be back on Wednesday Warehouse next week. Not on Wednesday. But not on Wednesday. We never recorded on Wednesday. (laughs) So we have a special guest today, uh, Biscuit Shoemaker, head of security. Biscuit. (laughs) Masquack's back. Masquack's back. Did she ever really leave? Well, she hasn't been on camera in a while. No. Everyone's missed her. Yeah. There's been rumors in the industry that she was dead, you know, like Tupac. No. Or Elvis. But no, she's alive and well. Masquack's forever. So, really nothing to talk about, huh? No. (laughs) (laughs) This uh, Bud Light thing has, I got to tell you, Jordan, I thought that it was going to be a two-week thing, like most of these things go, and that is not what's happened. It's gone on much longer it's actually getting worse Uh, we're in week four about to be in week five the sales don't seem to be rebounding and uh distributors are pissed and i don't blame them you know the thing is is that they're pissed because of the sales drop obviously but it's more than that it's it's not about dylan mulvaney and it's not about trans for them from you know most of them there's a few on the fringe where it is but it's that they've warned ab about this very thing for years and what i mean about the very thing is is that it you know it started really in 2015 when ab moved their sales and marketing from st louis to manhattan and back then even distributors were like you know is that the right thing to do you're getting away from middle america and AB's response at the time, because I remember asking, um, uh, I think it was Joao, Joao at the yeah. time, uh, you know, why are you doing this? And he says, you know, we want to be closer to our ad agencies, our sports agencies, the creatives. And I get that. That's, that makes sense on one hand. But guess who they're going away from? The consumer. Their core. Their core consumer. And, you know, does being in St. Louis matter Maybe not, but I think the point is is that culturally, AB moved from a Midwestern mindset to a Northeastern type mindset. And, you know, it's amazing to me that there was nobody in the marketing department at AB that just kind of raised their hand and said, hey, maybe this is a bridge too far for a brand like this. Yeah, no, there is no sounding board. Um, I mean, there is one, but it's all based in... New York and yeah, it's an echo chamber. Yeah, and you don't get that middle America saying, "Uh, you know, maybe maybe we don't do this, right? Or maybe we go about this in a different way, right? Um, Because you, I I get it that they want to meet, attract younger consumers, but you know, Bud Light's always been about sports and humor, humor and sports, sports and humor, and there are young, a lot of young people out there who are still interested in humor and sports. I mean, so there's a lot of opportunity within the umbrella of what Bud Light means to the average consumer to chase that without, without going too far from, you know, like one reader said, if you're the brand manager of F-150, you know, yeah, you want to attract a broader audience, but you want to still get back to that core. And the, the difference between F-150 or John Deere or any brands that you would typically think are middle American type brands is that the decision to buy those things is once every five or 10 years, yeah. which is the decision to buy Bud Light is every day. 
And so it's very easy. Plus, there's so many replacements for Bud Light that taste about the same and cost the same that it's a very easy choice to make. And so it's blown up into the zeitgeist. It's an emblematic of something larger than Bud Light. Uh, if you're within the walls of the marketing department of Bud Light, and, and, and by the way, that you know, I'm not criticizing the people in Bud Light. It's more of a criticism of just the culture that they're working in, and you know that they're they're just trying to do their job as best they can. And you know, it's easy. I think if you're within the <laughs> the walls, see, even Biscuit's upset about it. If, but if you're within Biscuit's the walls of AB Marketing. It's, it, I think it's easy to say, oh, it's just, you know, these redneck zealots and trolls online have caused this. And that's true. But, you know, at some point you got to grow up. It's 2023. This is going to happen. It's been a waiting time bomb. And the distributors have warned about it. You know, I've, I've heard for a couple of years now, you know, why is Bud Light sponsoring the Cannes Film Festival? Why the Art Basel Festival in Miami? I mean, Aren't those, wouldn't you think those would be better suited for a smaller brand like Stella Artois or one of their craft brands? Um, And there is accusations from prominent distributors. And I don't know if, I don't, I don't know if I buy it, but the the reason that they're sponsoring this is because Bud Light has the biggest budget and it allows them to go and attend these things because they just want to go, you know? And uh, you know, and if that's the case, that's just egregious. But it, it's a bridge too far for a brand that's been iconic. The brand was already in decline. Uh, it's just steepened that decline. It doesn't look like it's going away. And it's not, you know, we've been reporting and others have been reporting. This is just a Southern thing. This is just a rural country boy thing. It's not. There's, you know, there's a, a grocery chain in New Jersey where Bud Light's down 50%. Every distributor that I've talked to, whether they be uh, in Mississippi or in California, has been affected by this. And, you know, if you want to blame the consumers that, that, you know, they're just kind of behind the times, they're just redneck, they're racist, they're bigots. It's that's definitely true on the fringe. But I think it's very unfair to class an entire class of middle America that way. And, you know, again, this is not about Dylan Mulvaney. You know, Dylan Mulvaney is a as a theater kid. You know, I'm the one defending her in the pages of the New York Times. (laughs) Why is it left to me, a beer writer in San Antonio? It's kind of shitty what AB did to her, leaving her out to dry like that, and the trans community in general. Because guess what? It does rile up everybody, which includes the crazies. And there's been bomb threats, and there's a threat of violence, and then AB goes and hides. And who's the adult in this room? The adult shouldn't be Dylan Mulvaney, a 26-year-old theater kid who's uh, living her best life online. And I'm not, you know, it seems like I'm bashing AB, but uh, there's a lot of companies that have engaged in this kind of behavior. Just they want to engage with the community. They want to get their business and their dollars. But then when the shit hits the fan and things go sour, it's um, past the potato time. And I think AB's response has been worse than sending the can in the first place. You know, Brendan sent, put out a very neutral press release that said nothing. And then to put out the Budweiser Clydesdale ad was just, it's a beautifully shot ad. I'm not going to, yeah, I'm not going mean, to lie. It's, it's the tried and true. It, it's the tried ad. It, but, and consumers aren't buying it. So, long story short, that's why distributors are pissed off. They've been warning the brewery about this, that, that they're just, you're going to get into an echo chamber where these 
where have they been in bars? Do they go to dive bars? Do they go to high volume uh, independent C stores or independent grocery stores in Hispanic parts of town or in urban parts of town? Because guess what? They're getting creamed in that part too. This is not a white redneck only issue. No, and I think that's one of the things that has really surprised me. I mean, the declines, double digit declines for Bud Light is pretty astonishing. That brand does not budge that much, you know, and to see it drop that far, it's, you know, one week's worth of data, but that is big time. And I think that tells you that it's not just boycotting, but it's people kind of afraid to just even pick it up, you know, because they're like, you know what, I don't want to, if I order this at a bar, I don't want somebody coming to me and saying, oh, (laughs) you're taking a stand? And like, that's the last thing you want to do when you order a beer. Exactly. And so I think... It's tainted goods now. Yeah, and I think that has had an impact as much as the boycotting is people are just like, I I don't want to put myself in a position where I have to explain why I'm drinking this because Bud Light was never that type of beer. It was just, you know, give me a beer. Right. And now people feel like they're putting themselves... You know, you know an argument. that's a, God. That's such a great point because the, a lot of focus has been on the kid rocks of the world that are shooting cans and pouring them on out on Instagram, and you know, the majority of people are just living their lives offline. They're not shooting cans on camera. They're not doing. But when they go to the grocery store, like they do every week, they're making a silent decision. Like, oh, you know, I got people coming over. I better not pick up Bud Light. I better just, you know, it's just easier to pick up a Coors Light. Yeah. Right? No. And, I, and, you're, I, and it's those quiet people that are just destroying the brand. And I think that's why we're seeing 20, nationally 20% down, but in a lot of regions down 50%. I mean, is this a Schlitz moment? There's a reason reason why I'm I'm wearing a Schlitz hat because, you know, Jim Cook said he's never seen anything like this in his 38 years in the business. Well, you know, I've seen it, albeit I was a kid, yeah. but my father was a, a beer distributor in Houston and his biggest competitor was Schlitz. They had 70 share almost in Houston, 70 share in the 70s. And almost overnight, they went from 70 share to 30 share to, to, today, to today, zero share. Yeah, And it was because of a, basically some arrogant moves by the, the people at Schlitz. I hope this is not a Schlitz moment. I don't think it is because... Times are different, and AB is much bigger than Schlitz was at the time. But we're getting to the point now where Wall Street even is waking up. You know, we wrote in today's issue that the stock has been unaffected. It's it's almost near its 52-week high, so it hadn't affected its market cap uh, significantly. It's affected Molson Coors. They're, they're way up. Um, but Wall Street was pretty much silent until today. You know, and it's Friday, uh, and... We've seen a couple of notes come through where they're actually talking to distributors and they're like, oh, wow, this is it's getting it's not going away. It's getting worse. And it's and and, it, and by the way, you know, hats off to the Molson Coors distributors who aren't just uh, dancing and, and gloating on the grave, you know, because they know this could have just as easily as, as happened to them because sure. Molson Coors, I think has kind of a similar insular culture problem uh, in Chicago. At least it's, at least it's not Manhattan, but still it's, it's in Chicago and it could have really happened to any major brewer. It yeah. just happened to be. Well, and Jim also 
you know, made the remark, and I thought he handled the the question really well, but he was like, you know, no one wants to profit off this. Um, you know, they want to profit from the fruits of their own labor. Um, and obviously, Molson Coors is the beneficiary right now. I think one thing that could possibly happen that everyone assumed was going to happen in the long run, but could really, really happen maybe within this year is, you know, Modelo passing Bud Light, at least in convenience. That seems to be something that could very well happen this year. And Bud Light has all this power because of its size. And if Modelo becomes, you know, the number one beer in convenience and then soon to be the number one beer in all of the category, by dollars at least, they lose a lot of power, I think. And uh, Yeah, it, I mean, they, if they lose the mouse in some of these big chains, it could snowball downhill fast. And I don't, you know, I don't even want to predict that. It, it is a seismic event. It's the story, I think, that we at, at our little company hoped maybe would just go away because nobody likes to see a major player in our industry go down like in this way, but it hasn't. I know I know, Jen, like I said, she couldn't be here, and I'm almost glad she's not here because I, I think it really upsets her. <laughs> but, I mean, it is. It's a thorny subject, and it's, it's tough to talk about. You know, a couple other things I wanted to say is – We've seen some um, some decline or some slowing for the other big um, Anheuser-Busch brands like Michelob Ultra and Bush Light. But, you know, the Bud Light line extensions, I haven't really peeked into those, but those have got to be... Wow. I mean, when you're already down 50%. But no one's talking about what's going to happen to Bud Light next. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was a cheap shot. I mean, uh, we can only hope. It might resurrect it. You never know. That was a cheap shot. Um, <laughs> the last thing I wanted to talk about on this, um, at least from my end, is where does the marketing go from here? Because we knew they were coming back with marketing in a big way because they've kind of been silent over the pandemic. And we knew that marketing was not only going to be, you know, increased spend, obviously it had to be after not marketing for the past couple of years, but we knew it was also going to be different. They weren't trying to make people laugh, as um, Benoit said at our summit. Um, they were going to have a new focus. And so you start to wonder, well, what was that new focus going to be? And was it also going to be kind of strained pretty far away from the core consumer? And do you have to scrap that? I mean, where do you, where do you take it from here? And this, it's summertime. I don't know where Bud Light goes from here. I mean, they're, they've chosen, I don't know if they have a crisis management consultant coming in, whoever it is, they should probably fire. But, you know, so far it's just been to remain silent. And I get that. That would be my natural response, I think. I just don't make it worse. You know, that's their strategy is don't make it worse. But I think that strategy, it's easy to look back 2020, but I think that was uh, not the right strategy so far. And, you know, your own employees are being threatened. They've, they've gone into hiding. You know, Alyssa is, you know, you can blame her. There really is no blame except to say that, you know, that, you know, that, that deep fake billboard that, that, that's been going around oh, that says, cry LOL, babies. crybabies. <laughs> and it looks like a Bud Light, real Bud Light billboard. That would have been a better response than what they're doing now, because at least it's funny and it's a response. I think a lot of people have been surprised at the lack of, you know, support coming out for Bud Light. Um, the, right. the opposition has been 
And right, because they don't care. Yeah. They were never Bud Light drinkers in the first place. Yeah. I mean, it's one thing for Nike and Disney, you know, the other people who have run promotions with Mulvaney. They have a constituency that already consumes those products that says, yeah, way to go, Disney. Way to go, Nike. They're... Where's the Bud Light liberals? Uh, you know, know. there's and, not a lot of them, and that's kind of sad because you see a lot of people standing up for the the trans community online, saying, uh, you know, poking at these rednecks as they would like to call them, and saying, "Oh man, look how dumb they are!" But they're not picking up any Bud Light, and they're not right. really voicing their opinion. They're just saying these people are idiots, and right. that's about as far as the support goes, and that's not helping Bud Light at all. No, it, when I at Bud Corporate, you know, in in back in Leuven, it hasn't uh, registered that much because they're such a big company, and so far it's not material. If it's just one quarter of bad sales, doesn't matter. It's the second quarter, but like you said, we're going into the summer selling season. If this thing goes through Memorial Day, and it's not going to be good. So anyway, that's we don't need to belabor it but i i just wanted to talk before the weekend and they report thursday but it is q1 so none of this will show up but best believe they'll be asked about it <laughs> it will be i mean if jim cook was asked about it then yeah uh well let's talk about jim cook because he's not here <laughs> uh now uh, boston beer just uh, released their earnings last night and uh any surprises for you there i think just the growth of Twisted is phenomenal. I mean, it's a, I think a 22 year old brand, and it's probably as hot as it's ever been, um, growing 34 percent. And this is, it owns now a quarter of off premise, more than a quarter of off premise F&B dollar sales, and growing at, you know, 30 plus percent, which is just unreal. Over the past couple of years, you know, everybody's been coming after Twisted thinking there's low-hanging fruit to come in with a better-for-you tea. And, I mean, I think Jim said, you know, there's niche teas, um, higher-end, better-for-you, but that's like 1%, less than 1% of the hard tea market. And none of them have put a dent in Twisted Tea. And I think now we're starting to see more people kind of say, well, yeah, you know, maybe Twisted Tea had it figured out. And when people want a hard tea, they want a full flavor Give me all the sugar. I want something that tastes good. And so we're starting to see a little bit more of that. But as Jim mentioned on the call yesterday, a little biased, but uh, he was like, you know, I think it's too late to come after Twisted Tea. We own 90% of the hard hard tea category. And I just don't see anything that somebody could come at us with that would be meaningful and differentiated. Right. And I mean, I kind of... I tend to agree with them. I think they could lose a little share. I don't know if they can continue to hold on to 90%. But they are like the Michelob Ultra where people have swung and whiffed and they're in the graveyard. Right. And um, That's a great analogy, Michelob Ultra. Everybody's tried to come after them. And, uh, was there any mention of Hard Mountain Dew? There was. And Dave kind of echoed what... Ramon, uh, the PepsiCo chief, said earlier this week on their earnings that it's kind of just a slow, steady play. You know, last year when Hard Mountain Dew started to roll and wasn't really going into, you know, that many states, it was a very, very slow roll. 
I almost kind of got the sense on the calls that Boston Beer was a little agitated. Like, come on, let's pick this thing up. This right. is, you know, the fire's starting. Let's keep it rolling. Now, a year later, I think they're just kind of at Pepsi's mercy with the with the distribution of this product. I don't know if they've just come to terms with that or if they think maybe this is the best way to go about it. It's hard to tell because it does seem like a novelty drink, you right. know. And it's hard to tell whether if you just rolled it out nationally all at once and got, you know, your one, two years of sales and then kind of fall to the wayside. Back to Twisted. You know, Jim said that this is a, you know, it's a little too late. It's a one brand category, but typically a category that big has two major players. That's how it's happened historically. And so you got to think there's going to be a challenger in the hard tea category. And I don't have any clues as to what that could be. Coke and Molson Coors are, are coming out. Their Peace Tea, Lipton, and Fief, yeah, Fief Co. are coming out with theirs. Um, so th- th- those have marketing power behind them. They'll have category management power behind them. Peace Tea has a little bit of brand recognition, I guess. There's- and Lipton certainly has brand recognition, although I I'm not sure that translates to alcohol very well. We'll see. There's a cola for uh, New Belgium, uh, Voodoo Ranger, hard tea. We'll see if that ever happens. But, hmm. you know, those are three uh, three competitors that could possibly, you know, make some waves. And it probably won't hurt Twisted Tea's sales, I don't think. it. The category could just grow. Yeah. Because the, that category is growing and it doesn't seem to be slowing down. So, all right, we'll... Uh, Anything else that jumped out at you this week? We're going to do another one of these on Monday, so. Um, no. Sorry, Harry. No, that's all right. I, don't, I can't think because of anything. Because the, the rest was Ledge Conference, and I'd, I'd let Jen speak to that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I think the long and short of it is AB distributors are pissed. They're putting out their own press releases. No. They're putting out their own press releases because. Addressing this very topic. Right. And. And I should point out that, and we'll talk about this next week, but AB did have a closed-door meeting with their distributors at the legislative conference in Washington. Not a lot new was said, um, mainly just here are the talking points, here's what you need to say. Um, And a lot of distributors came out of that meeting, uh, I think, disappointed. They hoped for more. No apology. I mean, I don't know what an apology would do at this point anyway, but... I think some distributors felt like they were owed one, um, because mainly because, as I've repeated over and over, they've warned AB about th- that this could happen over and over, and they were dismissed. You know, it, when I started in the business 20, 30 years ago, it was get out in the trade. That's the only way you learn what's really going on. You can look at spreadsheets all day long, but if you're not out in the trade, meeting with customers, on-premise and off-premise, then you're going to have a blind spot. And this was clearly a blind spot. And, you know, it could have been an agency that that did this. We don't even know. But that's typical that, you know, agency people, too, kind of live in their their own little world. Uh, Beer is different. This isn't Dove moisturizer. This is a, a, a category that is a badge that when you're out and having fun, you don't want any political 
attachments to what you're doing. This is supposed to just be about drinking beer and having fun and having a laugh. You know, bring back Spuds McKenzie. <laughs> you know? Oh, is it too fratty for you? Well, guess what? Guess what? Guess what Gen Z loves, Jordan, more than anything? Dogs. Dogs. Every generation. Every generation. Dogs. Maybe a revamped yeah. Spuds McKenzie. Maybe yeah. he's not such a party animal that with, you know, girls in bikinis around him. Maybe he wears glasses now and he's more studious and he likes to do theater. I don't know. Yeah. Bring back Spuds McKenzie. Biscuit's in favor of it. Biscuit needs a friend in the beer industry. She feels like she's kind of alone. And I, I think it also kind of makes you wonder because people have been pulling away from TV and focusing more on digital and social. And kind of makes you wonder if people are going to kind of take a step back from social and say, you know, sometimes you put something out there and you link up with an influencer that is just popular because they're popular. I'm not talking about Dylan Mulvaney, but just, you know, people that have a lot of eyeballs on them. And you don't know much about that person, you know? Right. At least social seems like you're really taking a risk. Yeah. And you don't know how it's going to get shared or passed around. Whereas TV, there's a lot of checks and balances. Digital, too, because those are basically just short little TV spots. But for social, you're just kind of linking up with people saying, this person has this many followers, this person has this many followers. And I don't know if it's worth the return or worth the risk that you take. Yeah, I mean, and why didn't anybody at AB raise their hand and say, uh, I don't know about Dylan Mulvaney. I, I think a lot of her followers are underage. You know, why didn't anybody say that? Yeah. I mean, even for that, it's it's just a bad combination. There's no reason for that to even happen. Young people. Are they people hanging out in dive bars in South San Antonio? I mean... No, I can tell you because I've been in those dive bars, Jordan. You know, I live a stone's throw from the oldest U.S. Army base in the country... I could literally throw a rock at it from here, but I don't because that's a felony. <laughs> and, you know, there's one C store. To, after 9-11, they closed the whole base down, and they have basically one entrance to this bitch. And guess what? That one C store is right at the entrance. That son of a bitch, his name's Patel, he thought he hit the jackpot, and he did. So he gets all the military people in and out. All young people have two tenants that live upstairs. They're nurses over at Brook Army Medical Center. They're not drinking Bud Light. All of their friends in and out. That C store, I went and talked to him. Nobody's picking up Bud Light. These are not rednecks. I mean, some of them are, but it's mostly Hispanic young people coming into the C store. He says, and that C store is nothing but branded Bud Light. He's got Bud Light buff over the coolers. He's got Bud Light signage everywhere. I mean, he, he hoard himself out for Bud Light, and he's not selling any Bud Light. And it, it's, to me, that is, uh, th this is not about, uh, racist rednecks only, okay? This is about normal people that, again, like you pointed out correctly, they don't really have a, a dog in this hunt. They're just worried that somebody's going to make fun of them for drinking Bud Light, Yeah, you know? Either make fun or just rope them into a conversation that they yeah, don't want yeah, to have. Yeah, let me talk to you about Trump for a minute, but, you know? What do you think about Tucker being fired? Nobody wants to talk about that unless, yeah. you know, unless you want to talk about it. So many people depend on Bud Light for their income. I feel bad for, for Bud Light, and I feel bad for the employees of distributors that have to go out in the market and deal with this bullshit. My son works part-time for an AB distributor. His income it comes from Bud Light, the majority of it at least. Does he want to go out and bar in Austin, Texas and, and order a Bud Light? 
get roped into some stupid conversation? Yeah. No, he doesn't. And I may edit this all out. It is a rant, Jordan. But it, it pisses me off. I grew up in this business, and these are iconic brands to me. You know, I've always, always looked up to and feared Anheuser-Busch. Because when I got in the business, I competed against them. They were the most respected. They knew the market better than anybody. August the 3rd knew that sports and humor were the way to get into fun times. And he drove it in sports and humor. Are young people not watching sports anymore? Is MMA not watched? You know, it doesn't have to be NFL football. I get it. But there are plenty of other sports. There's plenty of other live TV opportunities. Not Art Basel in Miami. I'm the one defending Dylan Volvo in the New York Times. Oh, Harry's gone woke. No, I haven't gone woke. It's just a, being a gentleman. She wants to be called a female. Well, who's it to me to not call her a she? Yes, I'm going to call her a she. It's no skin off my back. It's just being courteous. That whole thing is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Yes, I'm upset. I'm upset because I see what it did to Schlitz. I've seen what could happen. It, it doesn't happen often. This is the biggest story I've ever covered. I didn't want to cover it. I don't think any of us did. And again, I want to be very clear. I, I am not throwing stones at any AB employees or at their even their marketing department. I'm saying that this is a culture that started in 2008 and then really got kicked into gear in 2015. It's not just AB. They're creating blind spots. Unbelievable. All right. So, Jordan... Before I have apoplexy, <laughs> I'm going to shut this bitch down. <laughs> yeah, I think we... I think we've done our damage. But thank you, Jordan, for coming over to the old Yeller Barn and discussing I enjoyed this. it, man. You know, we should do more we Wednesday should. Warehouses from here. All right, well, that's it for Wednesday Warehouse. We'll see you next week. We'll have Jen back, and we'll discuss the Ledge Conference, and I'm sure we'll have more to say on this topic, too.